0: today's show i'm going to be talking with michael haberfelder and he is from austria but that's not even the most interesting thing about him even though it's quite special we like our uh, neighbors in bavaria but he is the creator of a pretty amazing website called research my trash it reviews independent films of many budgets including no budget he interviews directors and screenwriters and actors. He has just been so supportive of the low-budget independent film community, especially in the horror and cult genres and exploitation film. But he's also a screenwriter who has had his work produced, and he's in current productions, and he's just got a lot of irons in the fire. So I want to talk to him about all of that and then pick his brain about some of his favorite films so welcome to the show michael
1: hi i'm so happy to be here and hi everybody who's who's listening thanks for listening
0: so i i called austria part of bavaria what what countries are considered part of you know bavaria
1: well, well no it's it's not part of bavaria bavaria is a part of germany austria okay. is austria but that's okay. so,
0: so when you say like to us you know when we're thinking of something bavarian style like the Matterhorn ride at the um Disneyland uh, is, is there like a whole Bavarian kind of style
1: uh, uh the Matterhorn is in Switzerland though
0: oh, see how ignorant I am see as an american okay. we just... i
1: mean we we, we 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 like
0: share
1: some kind of culture
0: so so
1: it's not it's, it's not see, totally think, wrong, it's just not right
0: I think of Bavarian as this kind of. Warm, you know, cozy winter time. You know, it, it's snowing yeah. in a little castle. You know, little German children playing and old German men smoking a pipe. And you that's know, more, can,
1: that's more like the romant- romanticized uh, view of it. And you're
0: yeah. like cross-country skiing across the border into Switzerland and Austria and. well i'm glad you educated me on that but no so austria what part of austria do you live in Uh, vienna which is the capital my goodness so vienna is that also where you grew up
1: yes yes well in a little village outside vienna but just outside vienna so
0: pretty much so does austria um Have an underground film industry? No,
1: not really. Well, uh, yes, a a little bit, but I don't, not much.
0: Okay, and
1: I I really hardly know any Austrian filmmakers,
0: underground
1: filmmakers, and I mean, I I know many underground filmmakers from pretty much everywhere else.
0: So, like, what's been the biggest? You know produced in Austria film to come out in the past few years oh
1: my god good question I mean we did win an Oscar not long ago for foreign
0: language movie was it a period piece or a modern day
1: no it was a modern day piece it, it was supposed to I haven't seen it after that but it was supposed to be pretty good
0: okay well I'll definitely look there because when I think of Austria and especially Vienna you know it seems like this would be like a period piece with lots of Viennese yeah. waltzes and, you know.
1: Yeah, 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 I mean, we have plenty of those, too. But I mean, it's, it's not <laughs> a realistic view of Austria anymore.
0: Right. It's like not all Austrian We've, we've films. since
1: arrived in the 20th century. Now we're going to take it to the 21st.
0: I know, because it always seems like it has to revolve around, like, one of the world wars, you know. You can only yeah, make yeah. Austrian films set during wartime.
1: Uh, actually, that's that's kind of true. There are so many Austrian, also German films about wartime. It's it's weird,
0: yeah. Well, that's why I think it's so cool that in this very classy city with so much rich cultural history, Vienna, that you have created a website that celebrates trash.
1: Wow. Well, yeah. I think that was probably, you know, me trying to break out of of our culture. I don't know.
0: I like that because it's so much more interesting that you're doing this in Vienna as opposed to, like, Baltimore, Maryland in the U.S., which you would just take for granted. People would love trashy movies and John Waters. But for you to do it where you're doing it, I applaud you. Well, thank you. Yeah, you know. Well, first of all, um, so the website, it's like searchmytrash.com, also known as Research My Trash. Yeah. And uh, you um, developed it about 15 years ago.
1: Uh, That's correct, yes.
0: So very long-running, which means you must be about 80 right now. (laughs) I feel like it, for sure, but I think I'm still a a bit younger, but I can't remember... (laughs) Well, 15 years of reviewing low-budget film has probably aged you about 50 years.
1: Oh, probably, yeah. Totally.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm going to read off your site, how you describe it. You call it the premier research site for the researcher, collector, lover of trashy, weird, and wonderful movies. Movies that are just too exotic, too foreign, too odd, too different for your snotty neighborhood critic. We do think they're wonderful.
1: Absolutely. No, it's, I mean, I I think it's, 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 how would you say the, really the underground movies are more or less the fat of the land and, and uh, everything that that Hollywood has or any, anybody has as, as mainstream is pretty much has grown out of the underground somehow.
0: Well, for people who you know, immerse themselves in the underground and cult film, after a while, you don't realize that the rest of the world doesn't think like you do.
1: Yes, that's true. That's very true. Yeah.
0: So after a while, you need a site like yours just so you can find like-minded people who don't look at you funny when you tell them, you know, you love early John Waters or you love shocking asian cinema and you know yeah. um coffin joe movies oh yeah yeah i mean for you as most of your circle of friends do they love these types of films or do a lot of people no, just I not understand I think I think it?
1: there are only very
0: few that actually do and do you, do you keep it a secret from other people in your life
1: no 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 it's just, you know, they, I think my, 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 my friends have just, you know, come to accept it. And
0: well, do you ever get invited to watch movies with people and, and they say, oh, Michael, you pick the movie tonight?
1: Uh, sometimes, sometimes that happens. Mostly, you know, I never get invited. No, 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 that's, that's not true. I, well, you know, if something like that happens, I try to pick something that people might like.
0: So. Right. Well, so when you started Research My Trash, can you remember the very first film you reviewed for it? Actually, no. No,
1: I I really can't.
0: Because you've reviewed how many films so far?
1: Uh, it's over 10,000 now.
0: Which I, I hope at some point you actually approach the Guinness Book of World Records and tell them you want to be put in there as the website that has reviewed more movies than any other website, you know, by one person who reviews them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I should try that, yeah.
0: Think we could rally for that and get you in there?
1: Maybe. Maybe. It never occurred to me yet, because, I mean, I'm, I'm not that much about numbers, but maybe.
0: Well, the other thing is, besides reviewing movies you interview, Uh, filmmakers and actors and so about how many interviews do you think you've done
1: it's probably about
0: 2500 or so wow so is is there like one filmmaker who has the record for like the most number of their movies that you've reviewed i literally wouldn't
1: know
0: yeah do you think there's some where they've submitted over 10 movies that you've reviewed?
1: Yeah, 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 I I guess there are quite a few. I I really, I, I'd have to dig deep to to answer the question truthfully. So I think there are quite a few that have quite a few reviews. But...
0: Sure. Well, I want to get into a little just of, you know, what the climate was like when you created the magazine and just, you know, what were the options for, filmmakers back then back in the day but i also um you know after that we're going to talk about your own film work as a screenwriter okay. and an occasional actor and i'm especially anxious to hear about your kind of growing collaborations with uh, uh, the cult film actress lynn lowry oh yeah 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 i'll, I'll oh, gladly cool. talk about that and everything yeah sure and and she's kind of had a career renaissance. She's doing a lot of indie film work now with you she, and other filmmakers. Yeah,
1: yeah, she did. No, and, and I mean, that's that's
0: awesome. Which is kind of cool when you get that relationship with someone, you know, you get to work with them over mm. and over and kind of develop, you know, a, a friendship, a relationship. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, totally.
0: And and there's always just something about having a star in your movie.
1: Exactly. No, I, and I think you know it's uh, it's 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 really in a way it's really necessary to uh, mm-hmm. to reach more people.
0: Mm-hmm. That that instant name recognition that says, "Oh, I, I like her." Yeah, I'll watch yeah, this. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, and but but yeah. On the other hand, it's it's also uh, Lynn Laurie is an actress, and also Deborah Lamb, who's also been in some of my movies and hopefully will be in more. Those are our actresses. They come prepared. You know? yes. they, bring, they bring their A-game to the movie.
0: Well, isn't that interesting? Um, and not to put down amateur actors, you know, who try their hardest. But the thing about being a professional is, boy, you come knowing your lines and you have your it, full attention and you take direction and you hit your mark.
1: Yeah, Exactly. Exactly.
0: The other thing I like about working with professionals, it's not just that they've memorized their lines, but they've really crafted their part. Like they really mm-hmm. have a strong idea of how they're going to play it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. It's, it's really you know a much better. Well, I, mean, I don't, I don't want to put down anybody. Exactly. Anybody I also, I also like these, these, these people who who just try it. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. And, exactly,
1: and they, they need to be nurtured. But but of course, if you if you get if if you get a pro, you also get pro work.
0: You do, and there's just something special, don't you think, about hearing your lines read by someone like Lynn, you know, a professional, and go, oh my yeah. goodness, what a treat!
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Well, we're going to talk more about her and, you know, on the set with the productions you did together. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the thing that I really like about your website is it really fills a need out there for low-budget, independent filmmakers. And, you know, I I think I'm older than you. I'm trying to do the math. But I can remember the late 80s, early 90s, pre-internet, mm-hmm. when there were, you know, some film zines that you might you know, get your low-budget movie reviewed in. But there were very few sources that would review your movie unless it came out of Hollywood. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you started, you know, uh, mid-2000s, What was the climate back? What was the need that you saw out there? I mean, there was still the internet. It's still... There's nothing like it is today, but there were sites and blogs and things. But what were you seeing out there thinking, wow, I need to create something that I don't see?
1: I guess uh, there were... uh, Back then, probably it's even true now, there were many sites that were specialized into one thing or another and And never painted a full picture. And I wanted to have something you know that's like bigger that doesn't just that doesn't just do slasher movies or or martial arts movies or art house movies or whatever, but that really really tries to tries to you know uh, cover everything in a in a way.
0: Right, which you do, because you cover horror, you do slasher, but also you do comedies, you've done dramas, you know, yeah. action movies, everything.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I, I try to, you know, stay, you know, I try to, it's, it's, try is the word here, but I try to stay on top of everything.
0: Now, one thing about this ultra low-budget filmmaking, it's predisposed for horror and genre Movies. I mean, when yes. you're a young filmmaker, you just want to start out and do your own Friday the 13th movie.
1: Uh, many do, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Or in your case, zombie movies.
1: Zombie movies, yeah, I, I did some of those,
0: yes. <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. almost like, you know... If I was a kid today, you know, and had access to iPhones and, you know, all Mm. this stuff we didn't have, I mean, who wouldn't want to get your friends together, put on some old Halloween makeup and make your own zombie movie in your backyard?
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: And I kind of like filmmakers who never lose that sense of fun. A lot of times filmmakers, as they progress, they think they have to get more serious. Yeah. But sometimes it's okay to stay silly.
1: No, I, I think I mean much. Much creativity comes out of silliness, because I mean the the more you try to be. Whoops! Sorry, my phone rings. Could we, could we interrupt this for for, for a minute?
0: Ah uh, yes, you can take that call. Okay. I will just. I'm going to sit here and twiddle my thumbs okay. while you do that. Okay. Tell us. Oh my. Yeah,
1: that'd
0: be good. Am I going to edit this, or maybe I'll just use this as a chance to? Talk myself about Michael Haber Fellner of Research My Trash fame, screenwriter, actor, influential um, Austrian, future Guinness Book of World Records holder for most movies single handedly reviewed on a single website. <laughs> Oh, what else could we say about Michael? Uh,
1: okay, I'm I'm back.
0: Oh, good. I, I, filled, up so I, t- yeah. I filled up the air I filled up the airtime while you were gone. Okay, now, thank you. <laughs> you know, one thing um I thought of, you know, when we were talking about making your own zombie movie when you're a kid. Uh what I liked about the, the childhood movies is we always had a sense of fun. And you even when you made your zombie movies you know you always had humor or your home invasion movie. there was humor. Yeah. it just seems like whatever you do in any genre, it could be an action movie, I think you would put comedy in it
1: yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. is that just who you are as a writer
1: uh yeah i mean it's it's for me for me it's pretty comedy comes pretty easy for me, so. Mm. And you know, some of some of the concepts you think up, they just work better with comedy.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think you'll ever just write an out-and-out comedy without any other genre influences?
1: Uh, let's say it might happen. I, I, I've never, you know, I said I never set out to do one thing or one thing, but you know, just just what what falls together will come together. So, so, so maybe I have an idea for a comedy. Uh, let's just the comedy.
0: Mm-hmm. I, like I think, I think sometimes you just need to do that to get that out of your system and say, you know what, I love comedy. Let me just go for it.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Well, let's yeah. get back to to your inspirations for research. My trash. Okay. Since you're both a filmmaker now. And a guy that reviews films, has this amazing website. Mm. You know, put yourself into the filmmaker's shoes, you know, 20 years ago. Or 25, or when I was, you know, first doing it almost 30 years ago. Yeah. And I remember there were some cool independent magazines. It was usually put out by, like, one person who would write everything, maybe mm-hmm. get some submissions, work with a local printer, you know, print it, mail it out themselves. I mean, these were labors of love kind of zines and magazines. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was looking back at what it took to just submit something. Back then, you'd make a copy of your movie on a VHS tape. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't have two VCRs, sometimes you'd actually have them made by a duplicating company. Yeah. and then you'd have to, like, physically mail them. You'd write letters. You know, there was no email for follow-up. Yeah so, yeah, yeah, so you'd spend all this money on tapes and postage, and then there's, like, no way to even know if they received it. So you'd mm. literally just wait, and then next month, oh, did they get it? Oh, did they review it in the magazine? No. Oh, you'd wait for the next issue, and this might come out, what, every three months? Yeah, Half a, you know, one, yeah I know once what you yeah, maybe every six months. And you're so at people's mercy. And there's just no way to know if anyone even looked at mm-hmm. it or if they just threw it in the garbage. And it, it wasn't quite that bad, you know, when you started your magazine. But just leading up, there's this whole history for low-budget indie filmmakers to feel so at the mercy of reviewers. And there were so few that would even look at their work, and, and the few that did would often be kind of vicious and kind of cruel in their reviews.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That was – I think that's probably still the case. I mean, now they, they're not – they they don't have zines anymore, but they have blogs. So uh, – but in a way like now it's changed for the better a bit because you can submit your submitting your movie doesn't cost you half the budget you know anymore
0: right and the thing with you is you don't judge the movie just on the budget it's like okay this is has no budget Let's get past this and just talk about the yeah. plot and how the film is made. And so many reviewers in the past used to be stuck on budget and anything after that, they said, oh this this sucks. this is horrible just because it has a low budget. Yeah
1: no I, I think that's uh, that's that's a really stupid approach because yeah, I mean uh, you know you you don't need not every move. To 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 exaggerate, now, not every movie has to be a Marvel movie, you know. Uh, and and sometimes, you know, you you can make something on a minuscule bu- budget or no budget at all. So mm-hmm. that's a different kind of of creativity you need, though.
0: We so, live in an era where everyone is a critic online. Yes. and for movies that could be imdb or leaving a review on amazon but also just on facebook and social media people just want to comment on everything and there's just something about the internet twitter you know where Mm -hmm. it's almost like the internet is just hypnotizing people it's like they you know, they can't help themselves, but they just want to rip people apart. They just want to, you know, spew all this negativity. Yes, I mean, yes, Did you ever yes. find that?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, you, you find it pretty much all the time.
0: It's um, exhausting. You know, it's, it doesn't take much effort to to rip someone apart, but it does yes, take some knowledge and some sensitivity to actually look for something good in a um, low-budget movie
1: yeah yeah and I mean it takes a lot of a, a lot of heart and brains to to make
0: a low budget movie. So, that's right even crap takes effort to make.
1: Yeah yeah I mean that that totally gets overlooked sometimes when somebody rips something apart you know
0: Well tell me if you share this philosophy because I can watch almost any movie and any you know zero budget movie and I always find at least something to like about it. Yes, you know, yes, and yes. and I can hate ninety percent of it, but I can find think, oh, okay, that was a clever idea, or this was well executed. Oh, in spite of the script, that actor did a good job, and you know, on and on. Or oh, that soundtrack was kind of fun and quirky. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I'm I'm totally with you there. It's it's like you, if you, I mean, it's it's easy to to rip a movie down. But, but it doesn't make you a better person. You know, if if you look for the for the good in the bad, uh, and let's say the movie is really bad for, for the argument's sake, you know, if you look for the good in the bad, you at the end you're a happier person, I think.
0: Because the one thing a low budget filmmaker often does, they do have ideas, mm-hmm. and they yes. may not execute them that well, but sometimes they come up with some pretty clever ideas.
1: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you
0: there. And for me, once I get into the rhythm of, of a no-budget movie, you know, mm-hmm. made by amateurs, I kind of just, you know, I, I um, what's the yeah. word? I, I just kind of get into their world and, and I just kind of go yeah. with it and I'm not like resisting it.
1: Yeah, totally. No, I mean, you 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 have to have an open mind, and you have to, you know, sometimes you have to accept that the sound isn't perfect, or, or the, the the special effects are ridiculous, or whatever, you know. But, but it's it, yeah, you you have to you have to immerse yourself more. But then it's it can make you happy, even though the film objectively wasn't very good.
0: I get a perverse fascination, you know, seeing amateur actors. Maybe they're not well trained, or Mm -hmm. You know, by Hollywood standards, but I really admire when they really try to give a performance.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's.
0: And that's nice. Here's the one thing that turns me off in a low-budget movie, though. Especially, Mm -hmm. you know, the ultra, you know, no-budget shot on video. Mm -hmm. It's when there's this endless scenes of two characters on a couch talking. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I hate it, and it's even worse. Maybe even if they were standing up or doing something, but mm-hmm. you see two people sitting side by side on a couch, which is very unnatural because in real life you don't sit next to someone on a couch. You would like sit in a chair across from someone in a couch. But it's so much easier for the filmmaker just to frame the two people in the frame on the couch side yeah. by side. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's yeah. usually like against a white wall that's really bland and boring. And I'm just always fascinated by just the homes of low budget filmmakers. Cause you know, they're just shooting it at their house. Yeah, of course. And, and there's this weird thing where a lot of times they live in an apartment or a condo or a house. And you think, couldn't they have done something to make this room look a little more interesting?
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's where, yeah. I mean, because it's so generic you just there's this generic world of no budget filmmaking where all the rooms and furniture and people look interchangeable
1: uh, in a way yeah i mean you know you you should even if you if you if you can't afford a set dress or anything put a little mind put your mind into set dressing
0: yeah or just do a more interesting camera angle mm-hmm. that's yeah not so oh yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's
0: true. Or use a little selective focus, you know.
1: Selective focus, you know, make make it make the edit more interesting. There's so
0: many. Cast a few shadows here and there. No, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. So what are you what do what I mean? I know you love all these films, but what are your pet peeves on some of these ultra low budget movies? Especially, especially the things that it doesn't take money to fix. So you're yeah. not bashing their lack of budget, but what's just a simple little tweak that they could do that would make it more enjoyable for you? Oh my God. Uh, that's, 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 that's a hard one, you know? Um, you know, here's another one for me oh. while you're thinking, because obviously, yeah. obviously yeah. I could think about 100 now that yeah. I'm yeah. on yeah. this. But what kills me is when someone obviously has like an old camcorder, they shot it on outside mm. and there's no dialogue, but they're doing an outdoor scene, especially when it's near traffic. Oh and, yeah, and they yeah. don't just cut the dialogue and like put music over it. There's no reason they need all that noise in the background for that shot.
1: Yeah, that's
0: that's that something really annoying. They could just instantly make it ten times better by exactly. taking out the traffic noise and putting some music over it.
1: Yeah, whatever.
0: And again, these are things that really don't cost money in the editing. You just just even if it was a blank yeah. space with no soundtrack, just take out that traffic and wind that horrible wind on the cheap. Oh my god, microphone. the
1: wind on the mic. <laughs> I know
0: what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So low budget filmmakers listening, you know, these are things that don't cost money. And mm-hmm. another one, if you have an old camcorder and think it's cool to record with that you know, the microphone is probably built into it. Then if you're doing a dialogue scene, then just get that microphone closer to your actors.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it didn't work with, with, with all um, um, camcorders back when, in the 90s.
0: Right. And uh, another thing with, with, you know, the old-fashioned camcorders, I mean, some of those weren't bad because that magnetic tape, Actually, Mm. records sound pretty nicely. Yeah. Yeah. But then you're shooting in the kitchen next to the fridge and then you just got the hum of the refrigerator. Oh my God, yeah. Or the air conditioner. Or the air conditioner or a hundred other things. Or then the people that are doing a scene in a car and the car is running, so all you hear is the engine. And they've got the radio on, but then they shoot it from different angles. So every time they cut to a new angle, the song on the radio jumps, you know, 30 seconds ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you've been making your own films, what's the most glaring error that you've made in a film?
1: Glaring error, I think most of them have to do with sound, actually.
0: Yep, it always comes down to sound, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's unfortunately, you know, you have to you have to experiment with that a bit, and sometimes the experiments just don't work out.
0: Well, let's jump into your filmmaking. Yes, please. And we had talked about you know your first film, A Killer Conversation, which I think was released in 2014. So when, six years ago. Oh, my God. Yeah, 2015, it was released,
1: released. It was ready in 2014.
0: So, Oh, OK. It's, and it, it seems like since then, you've actually had several of your short films produced. Yes, yes. Can I, I list some of the names? Yes, please do. Isn't it fun to hear people talk about your work? Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you followed up Killer Conversation with Talk of the Dead. Yeah. And then a really cool title, The Night Monica Came Back.
1: Oh, yeah. That was, that was a yeah. fun one.
0: And then uh, First Impressions Can Kill. Oh, yeah. And then another fun title, There's No Such Thing as Zombies. That's actually a feature film. That's oh, a feature. That's very nice.
1: We'll have, probably have this next year.
0: Excellent. And then Ready for My Close Up, which I know uh, Lynn Lowry, you worked with her on that. Yes, and then I see on IMDb you're in post-production on um, a short you wrote called Espresso to Die For.
1: Oh, I love Espresso to Die For. Yes, but I mean, it's we're in post-production for that forever. But it's it's one of my favorite shoots actually. It's got Lynn Lowry again. It's got Deborah Lamb, and it was it was such a fun film to make and but it came at the wrong time because back when uh yeah we already started post-production for uh there's no such thing as zombies so and now we're still into that
0: so now where uh, were these shot were Were any of these shot in austria
1: no no i shot all my all my movies really all my movies in the uk
0: so, in- interesting is that because your director lives there
1: uh Also, but not only, but as I said before, the the underground or indie scene in Austria is not very, very extensive. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I just had to go somewhere else, pretty
0: much. So, like, Lynn Lowry lives in the U.S. How do you arrange something where you fly in from Austria to the U.K., you bring her from the U.S.? I mean, that's a lot of logistics to make happen.
1: Oh, it's 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 one gets used to it, let's say it like that. But you know, Lynn at one point just just contacted me contacted me out of the blue and like, yeah, can I be in a movie? And I thought, yeah, yeah, that'll be nice. So Uh-oh. So pretty much that was that.
0: <laughs> so so on something like this, like for a lot of um indie filmmakers, like like, I remember I uh, first met Lynn at um, Crypticon in Seattle a few years back. Okay. And was, I remember, you know, walking down an aisle going, oh, my God, there's Lynn Lowry. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's always kind of cool when you, you know, unexpectedly, oh, my goodness. You know, and you think, wow, you know, what's oh. she doing? What's she been acting in lately? Because yeah. a lot of kind of cult icons, you know, they've made movies years ago, but you're not yeah. quite sure what they're doing now. And I, kept, and I started to go, wow, you know, more people should be coming up to her table or, you know, filmmakers should be going up there saying, Lynn, I want you in my movie, you know? Yeah. You're thinking it's she's such an undefined so it's really nice that she's had this renaissance and that she's working with so many independent filmmakers now.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no, I... I
0: did did you start that? Do you think you were the one that was the springboard and now other... F- Filmmakers mm-hmm. are following suit.
1: I don't think it was a springboard, no. But, no,
0: but she, it's, kind she, of, well, it's kind of like I think it's a lot of trust, you know, especially Lynn, who's worked in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It's a transition to work with, you know, more modestly budgeted independent film. Yeah. So do you think there's kind of this trust now, like, okay, you know, she's worked with you and, and your people. And it's kind of like you had to kind of alter your expectation of, okay, it's not going to be, you know, a Hollywood budget, but I like these people and, and it's kind of fun to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, since, since Lynn and I have worked on, I think, four or five movies now, she obviously <laughs> likes me somehow.
0: Right. Well, so- what's been her biggest response to, like, the budget and, and your sets? Does she ever comment, like, oh, this is, you know, what I remember back in the day, or does she just, you know, go with the flow and just...
1: Oh, well, she goes you know. with
0: the flow. She goes with the flow.
1: I mean, mm-hmm. basically, like, uh, Read It From a close is actually a little bit about... Uh, gets into that. Uh, because uh, there she plays this aging B-movie actress. And... Uh, uh, and it, it, it gets into her old, into the old Hollywood days. Not her old Hollywood days, but, but into the old Hollywood days and, and comes up with some totally made-up, crazy B-movies that her character was supposed to, to be in. And she, she's a killer in that movie, and she bases her killings on her old movies.
0: So did she uh, collaborate on the script with you?
1: Ah, uh, she made the suggestion for it. Yes.
0: So she was kind and of to the kernel it. of the idea. So. So what was that like? Because you had worked with her before, and then she she just say, "Hey, Michael, I've got kind of this concept."
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. I got this concept. I know who might produce it. Could you write the script? And I'm like, okay.
0: I mean, did you ever think, you know, a few years before that, you'd have Lynn Lowry approaching you to do a tailor-made script for her?
1: Well, of course.
0: No. <laughs> 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 you know a movie I really liked her in? And I, and this will really age me, because I saw this in the theater when it came out in 1982. Well, she was in the remake of Cat People.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Yeah. And she was in one of the best scenes in the whole movie. It's actually probably one of the more frightening scenes. She was in the beginning when you know there's that big um mm. cat attack. I don't know Were they leopards or panthers. I, I don't know what they c- Panthers. It's it's like no, a black it panther. originally
1: it was panthers. I don't know what it, what they were in the in the remake.
0: Yeah, it was a scary scene and very yeah. well done. If I don't know if you've seen the movie lately, but she was really good in that.
1: Yeah, she was. I, I haven't seen it in a while, but yeah.
0: Like when you knew you were going to work with her, did you go back to see her previous films?
1: Uh, some of them, yes.
0: So what were yours? Like, wasn't she in, um, was it The Crazies?
1: She was in The Crazies, and she was in, in David Cronenberg's Shivers. That were, that were the two I knew her from.
0: Okay. See, if I worked with her... I would just want to, you know, ask her a million questions about working with David Cronenberg. Yeah, 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 of course. And wasn't I mean, uh, the Crazies? That was um, George Romero. George Romero. So you know, you know, in the seventies, to work with two icons like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the thing is, what she says, both of them weren't icons then. You know, we just see it like them that now, but. Uh, they were, like, more or less at the beginning of their careers.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: They both so were the still waiting for the big breakthroughs. I think, I think uh, Shivers was, like, Cronenberg's first...
0: Right. First right.
1: feature or something.
0: Right. Yeah, and I remember seeing that on home video. mm mm-hmm. like Either in the late 80s or early 90s. And, yeah. Well, who, who were the... In- I would say both filmmakers and writers that influenced you early on. Were you always into cult film and and underground film?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, who were they? Huh. That's a hard one, actually.
0: I mean, were were there certain movies that you saw and go, "Wow, I love that! I would like to write something like that." Uh.
1: It was basically, basically it was the other way around. I always wanted to write something that nobody has written before. You That's know, true. every time, every time I, I like a movie, I, I think of um, how can we make it differently. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, because I mean, like, uh, there's no such thing as zombies. It's it's like nothing like Night of the Living Dead. I can tell you that.
0: Well, because yours has a lot of intentional humor in it. Yes. Yeah. So it's almost like a comedy first that happens to have zombies in it.
1: That that was the original idea. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, I wanted to, because I mean, zombies are really, zombie movies are so formulaic like right now. And, and we have like this barrage of zombie movies and zombie TV with The Walking Dead and stuff. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, how can you make it differently, and how can you approach it differently?
0: Well, I would imagine you'd be a fan of Shaun of the Dead
1: Oh, well, that was a nice one, yes, yes.
0: did you like how they balance comedy with the horror and the action
1: uh, I, I, yeah yeah i mean he, they they're really good, but th- that was another one i I didn't want to be like you know i right i'd love to be I'd love to be compared with a movie because I mean it's so big, but but i tried to i tried to to do it very differently
0: and also i just have to point out too um you know some of these um you know credits i'm listing you do have more of a formal uh production role as well so you're not just writing but you're you know part of just you know making everything happen in a you yeah, know, as a producer yeah, too
1: yeah 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 that That was just you know that was born out of need
0: pretty much because uh, but are you enjoying that? because for a lot of writers, they enjoy being a producer on their projects because then they get more control, and I think it it yes. lets them realize their vision better because they're not as much at the mercy of other people,
1: yes, yes, that's that's true, but I mean, you you can't be overpowering because at the end of the day, you have to trust your director and everything. but but I mean, also being being part of the of the casting process and everything—that's that's definitely a plus.
0: Well, because you, I see another credit here, and it's a production credit, yeah. and I can't tell if you're one of the writers on it, but it's called Mannequin.
1: Um, I can't tell you much about that yet.
0: Okay, so it's a, but did you have anything to do with the writing?
1: I didn't know.
0: No. Okay, but you're you're, one, you're listed as one of the producers.
1: I am registered one of the producers, and the, I have been one of the producers, and the, it was a very, a very interesting, in a good way, interesting shoot.
0: But well, well the, no the poster is really cool. Yet, so. Okay, we won't. One, the only thing I'll say, you don't have to comment, but it looks like Lawrence Harvey is in it, and he was. Yes, he is. The star of human centipede number two.
1: Yes, and he also was the star of uh The Night Monica came back.
0: Oh, so you had worked with him before?
1: Yes, yes.
0: Wow, he's really carving a niche in this whole um you know genre world. He
1: is, yeah. I mean he's he's great to work with too.
0: Well one thing I have to say is I'm surprised someone hasn't made a movie called Mannequin before. I'm sure they have. Well, there was that comedy in the 80s. You no, know, there that... was this
1: bad comedy. Yeah, it has nothing to do with that.
0: Right. And I just, you know, I've got a love for killer doll movies. And mm. I can see, like, mannequins being kind of, you know, part of that genre. The inanimate object thing. So I'm actually kind of excited looking at the poster. The poster is really cool looking. Oh, yeah.
1: No, you, you should have seen the location. of oh, my. I'm I'm so sorry I can't tell you more about it. Oh, that's I'm, okay. Well,
0: I'm just gonna then put that on my to-do list. To, you know, keep an eye out and hopefully do
1: that. You'll, you'll keep. Do hopefully, friends. you'll
0: keep me up to date because um, I'm excited by it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
0: it's it's
1: something very, very. As I said, so, I, I would love to say more, but I I mustn't.
0: So, are you working on new projects? Do you have some new screenplays you're gonna? Oh uh, uh,
1: yes, yes, yes,
0: yes. Well, yeah. do tell. Hopefully, you can tell me about one of those. Quite a few. Yeah. Well, one we really hope to do is like
1: uh, uh, ready for my close-up, the prequel. Oh, okay. Which will we'll have Lynn Lowry again, of course. As the aging, aging Scream Queen. It's also gonna have uh, Deborah Lamb, and hopefully a ho- whole lot of other, you know bigger or smaller stars. To shoot in England again? To shoot in England again. We really, but, I mean, it's a little bit in the stars because, you know, what's happening at the moment has put a stop on everything. So right. not a stop, right. not a stop, A let's see an intermission.
0: Well, with, you know, COVID and the quarantine for you as a screenwriter and all screenwriters is now just a time to really work on scripts
1: Oh, that's true. That's true.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. do you ever see yourself coming to the u s. to shoot a movie?
1: Uh, i I sincerely hope so. yes. I mean, i I don't have uh, you know, I don't have any concrete plans yet, but it's it would totally make sense.
0: Well, it would help Lynn then she wouldn't you know have to get an airplane ticket.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: You just shoot it in her city, you know. Come to her this time.
1: Yeah, I mean, why not? (laughs) You know, it might happen. I don't have any any. I don't have that close relationships to U.S. filmmakers as
0: I have in the U.K. Well, for you, what what is the idealized part of America that you think would be cool to shoot in? Not not like my very incorrect view of. Austria and Germany and Switzerland, Mm -hmm. but for you, you know, or that you've seen in movies or, you know, that you think, oh, this is to me represents a certain kind of America and I would like to make a movie here.
1: Uh, Well, that's uh, one thing is uh, I might shoot a Western
0: Sooner rather than later. So. So the re- so Europe still thinks of America like and, and as the Wild West in the eighteen um, hundreds.
1: Uh, also, yeah, nineteen hundreds.
0: So yours yeah, would be 1800s, like more sorry. of a. Sorry,
1: sorry.
0: Although different, sorry. different, you know, um, eras of the West, even, but maybe like a late eighteen hundreds. Shoot them up.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So. Uh, you, that maybe the happen. southwest, like maybe like Nevada or Utah, Wyoming. Uh,
1: frankly, it really depends on where we find the right location. Because, I mean, we, we need a Western city for that.
0: See, but that's cool that you... That so maybe you, we're
1: going to do it in Spain, I don't know.
0: Spain. There you go. Makes Spain look like the old Western America.
1: But yeah, I mean, you, you know, they did it in the spaghetti Westerns all the time.
0: Clint Eastwood, uh, A Fistful of Dollars. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How I'm glad you mentioned that. Do you like Italian films from the 60s and 70s? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. No. I, I mean, mean who
0: doesn't. doesn't? Who doesn't?
1: Exactly. I'm a big, big spaghetti western film a fan.
0: But. Mm-hmm. Well, what are your favorites of those? Is it all the. Um, well, you know, I love Sergio the. Sergio Leone. Films.
1: Uh, uh, many of the Sergio Capucci films are very good, uh, but I also love like uh, what's it called? Uh, and God says to Cain. Have you ever seen that one? No, I haven't. Ah, oh, that's that's an interesting one. It's 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 it stars Klaus Kinski, and it it plays almost like a horror film. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's a really good one.
0: Wouldn't you love to find an actor like Klaus Kinski to be in your films?
1: Heck yeah! Who
0: wouldn't? Although, <laughs> I mean, he would—he comes with a lot of baggage, but play, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's so funny, you know. You, you you pick one name like a Klaus Kinski, and mm. just a million yeah. images come up, and you know, so much has been written about him since you know he died, even before he died, and such a. You know, a lot of, you know, demons in this one guy. But at the same time, boy, was he a, an engaging actor.
1: Exactly. No, I mean, he's he's really made almost every film he's in his own.
0: Yeah. But, boy, I read his autobiography. Oh, I did too, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> he was- God. Page after page, this guy. And I think, though, he's not afraid, though, to tell it like it is about himself. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But I, but I don't know if I would like to be friends with him, but to...
0: right, or to just be you know in another country, isolated with him for months and months.
1: Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, you know, like like you know the film, film Fitzcarraldo?
0: Oh yes, yeah, so was the, it... the legendary film shoot of Fitzgeraldo. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, the shoot was heavy enough, it was 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 difficult enough, and then you've got Klaus Kinski. I mean, were they getting into fist fights on the set? Uh, most probably,
1: I think so, yeah. Maybe, maybe not on Fitzgeraldo, but I think on some of the other movies, like, didn't Werner Herzog uh, sometimes say he, he put a gun on, on Klaus Kinski so he he would even act?
0: Wow. Did you see the documentary about the making of Fitzgeraldo?
1: Um, I, I might have. I, I can't remember it anymore, but no, I've should... seen the documentary like years ago.
0: Did you see the documentary about Richard Stanley and the making of The Island of Dr. Moreau?
1: No, I can see that.
0: Oh. Oh, you got to check that out. That's another. Um, you're just talking about the relationship between a director and the actors. Mm hmm. hmm. And what's kind of nice about that, he made a couple films, and then, you know, I think. Doctor Moreau just destroyed him. It was such a traumatic shoot, and then I think he just gave up filmmaking. But then he recently made a comeback, and he yeah. made a movie with Nicolas Cage. Yeah,
1: the color from out, from space or something, right?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. And um, I'm, I'm so happy that I, I want to think that that documentary maybe, you know, brought him back on people's radar that, that, and that made people be- want to work with him again. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I mean he was he was a great director.
0: I don't know he if he started a out
1: or even, but but I mean his his first few films were were like wow.
0: Well, uh, the first one I remember was Hardware. Hardware, that was, was that was awesome. Right, and I remember you know when that came out, and that was um, I mean is he Australian? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and that, and wasn't that film because you're talking about doing a western? You know, yeah. the way they filmed that, that had a very kind of bleak landscape true. in it. True, true, yeah. Which brings us all, all, back to uh, The Road Warrior and Mad Max, which oh everything comes yeah, back to. It. But Because I think what people loved about the post-apocalypse movies, they were such a throwback to the Westerns. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Totally agree on that.
0: So maybe you could make your American Western in the Australian Outback.
1: Who knows? Who knows what's happening? You know What's going to happen? I mean, I, I would love to film something in Australia someday. Well, so it's many- nice.
0: That, well, Mel Gibson, he keeps trying to make a comeback. He keeps making movies. But he's almost at the point where he might work on a film with... With one of your budgets,
1: who knows? Yeah, no, I think not yet. But if that goes on, or the the
0: way Bruce Willis will act in anything now, maybe you could get him.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd love to work with Bruce Willis. You know.
0: Oh, that's another thing. When when you hear Kevin Smith talking about hmm? working with Bruce Willis, and he called it soul crushing, I think. Oh, did he? Almost made him want to quit movie making for good. Oh, yeah. But isn't that interesting? It's, you know, the relationship that a director has with their actors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's so uh, that's why it's refreshing to hear you've had such a good relationship with Lynn Lowry. Yeah, yeah. That sometimes it is you click with people, sometimes you don't. But when you do, isn't it nice to already know you're going to enjoy working with that person?
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, no, I mean, that's uh, that's why I think it's It's really important you know from both sides to to build a relationship because that way you're going be called
0: back So who else is on your dream list of actors to work with uh,
1: no, no I, I haven't you know pretty much everybody everybody is above me. No, I mean, I I don't have, like, I don't have a dream list, I have to admit.
0: Who is the most, who are the current most famous actors from Austria?
1: Huh, huh. Uh, What's his name? No, I don't even, he's, he's got two Oscars already, and I don't even remember his name. Uh... Uh, no, but I mean, I'm. Uh, you see, I'm not very good at Austrian cinema.
0: So, see, and who knows? They might want to work with you.
1: Maybe this, you know. This two-time
0: Oscar winner, you you've got to nurture things at home there in Vienna, and uh,
1: probably, probably. Just probably. make
0: it be known that you will work with Oscar winners, and you will, <laughs> and you will put them into a, the trashy film they've always dreamt of being in.
1: It's going to be up one day, you
0: know, you never know. So I would think if you shot your movies that you wrote in Vienna, think mm. of all the amazing locations you have in your city. No, that's true. That's true.
1: I mean, you know, it's, it's I, maybe someday it's, it's going to happen.
0: I think you need to talk to like some people in government there and say that you want to put Austria back on the map for filmmaking
1: might happen might happen Them.
0: Um, how's the economy there well it's all right at the moment you know you know how like uh, certain productions they like to like shoot in romania
1: yeah yeah i mean like... uh, why romania because they give you all these tax breaks and that right. that's not happening in austria which is darn maybe, it maybe maybe that's short-sighted but, but but in Romania where well, they got all these tax breaks. Also, the Czech, uh, Czech Republic was, it, was at least for a time mm-hmm. like that. So they got all these international productions.
0: Well, I was thinking of Austria as, you know, beautiful classical music. You must have some amazing concert halls and opera houses. Oh, we do. We do. What would it take for you to shoot your next low-budget movie with Lynn Lowry? In, like the Vienna Opera house
1: <laughs> it would be it would be awesome, but uh, you know it would well,
0: why do, why be why do't you write a comedy. role for her where she plays you know um an opera diva <laughs>
1: yeah, you know might happen might happen, everything might happen
0: or like your version of the Phantom of the Opera that's a good idea yeah see i, I... I think the higher you aim, the more these things will happen for you. Oh, of course, of course. So if I ever visit Austria, where is just the fun, trashy part of town? The fun, trashy part of
1: town? Ah. Well, you could go to the amusement park that's that's pretty much around the corner from my place.
0: Now, what are amusement parks like there? This isn't like a Disneyland park.
1: No, no, this is really more like... You know, more more old fashioned rides and everything.
0: More like an arcade with video games and.
1: Uh, no, no, not arcade. I don't think we got a, we even got an arcade there anymore.
0: Does it have a roller coaster?
1: Does it have a roller? Coaster. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, stuff like that.
0: Do they have slot machines? Do they have gambling in Vienna?
1: Uh, there's a little bit of gambling, but it's not very. I think they they got one, one casino there. I don't even know because I'm told totally they're mm-hmm. uninterested in gambling. So,
0: see now that you're more of a producer, you need to start scouting talent. So, you need to find like the old men at these sidewalk cafes with grizzled <laughs> beard faces, and you know you just need to stockpile these character actors for your family. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's true. So like where do all the old old uh, fishermen hang out in in Vienna? I don't think we have many old fishermen.: No fishermen in Vienna. So where, what, what, what's the, what, what is just the whole tone of Austrians? Because again, I, I don't want to judge it from, you know, some old movie I saw a million years yeah. ago, but modern-day Austria, what's it like there? What are you guys known for?
1: What are we known for? Well? We're very laid back. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much, and, and we love to complain.
0: That I can I, tell. That I can tell just from talking with you for a little while.
1: Oh man, you know, I'm nothing
0: against <laughs> you. The I'm, I'm teasing, teasing you. You're actually are very agreeable, Michael. <laughs> Thank you.
1: No, but but I mean you know we, we have this, this this culture of complaining is I think it's very Viennese. Uh, but but we, we're not the people who, who who like really really put up protest marches or anything. We just like to complain.
0: And um, you've got some good Vienna sausage. No, that's true. So <laughs> you what what other cultural things is Vienna known for? It's um, to me it just seems like a very cultured. Yeah. It is. We, we've
1: got all these old buildings. We, we've got all these this musical heritage, you know, like Mozart, though well, he's from Salzburg, but we still we still say he was in Vienna most of the time, and, and like you know, all these all these old composers. We've got our opera houses. We've got everything, and and that's that's pretty much how we want to be seen.
0: Mm-hmm. In, do, you think, uh, do you think you'll always stay there, or for? Your um screenwriting it's, career do you think you'll move to a, a more lively film town
1: it's not it's 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 very it's very agreeable to live here you know mm-hmm. it's it's really really nice because it's it's like quiet and everything so if you really you know if you really want to want to turn off and just write then it's it's great here
0: mm-hmm. and so uh, when there's not not a quarantine. What, what are fun things you can do there in, in your town that are just neighborhood things? or Are there certain bars or pubs or coffee houses? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do people do? Do a lot of people go out?
1: Yeah, 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 no, no. I mean, we, we've got, and I live in a very good neighborhood with many restaurants and everything and and bars, so so it's, it's really nice here.
0: It's... Do you have a lot of live music with bands?
1: Um, not. Depends on what do you compare it to. Yeah, there there are those, but but I mean, I think in other in other towns
0: there are much more. So more the smaller, outside of the city. Yeah. Do you have punk rock in Austria? Oh, we do. Yeah. Do you like it?
1: I'm. Uh, I wouldn't say I don't like it. I'm just not not in the scene. So I. I. I don't listen to it that much anymore mm-hmm. i and,
0: haven't
1: i haven't my youth but but not anymore
0: and do you have any uh, film festivals there we do we do
1: we've like a really nice horror film festival that was only two months ago mm-hmm. and the slash film festival it's it's really one of the best i think mm-hmm. and and then we've got the the, the big film festival international film festival which is also pretty nice
0: so mm-hmm. so since you have you know the stature with the research my trash site, mm-hmm. and you're out there is this you know how much do you get approached to participate in the Vienna and Austria film scene not at all what
1: not at all no I mean I'm, I mean, not in Austria
0: so you don't uh, network with uh, local film people
1: no no, no. That's uh, as weird as it is. I've got, uh, I've got almost no contacts in Austria. I've got plenty of contacts, like in the UK.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. I know. Well, you're so busy, you probably don't have time to do anything else.
1: Oh, that's true. No, but 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 I mean, I I don't really comp- uh, complain because I'm thinking if. if If I have to go to to the UK to make movies, then my movies will be made in English Mm -hmm. instead of German, which, again, means uh, they're going to appeal to a wider audience.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. You know, you always have to find the positive.
0: Well, I saw you on a podcast the other day. This was a filmed podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah your faith, that was fun. You, you, you need to do more of those. I mean, do you are you getting out there more, doing interviews with people?
1: Uh, it, it's happening. It's happening. I mean, you know, sometimes more, sometimes less, but yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know so much, you know, since you've Thank seen you. and reviewed over ten thousand films. <laughs> That's true. I, I would just think that people would tap you more for that expertise.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, it, it happens. It happens. Uh, And I I think if I put more effort into it, it would happen more, but yeah, at the end of the day, I'm a writer and we are all very shy.
0: That's right. And sometimes you don't want to do it all. Sometimes you you don't want to spread yourself too thin.
1: That's true. So you have to find the right uh, right balance there.
0: Well, we're not going to wrap up quite yet soon. But I want to make sure everyone knows where to find you. So, tell me, you know, your website address for research my trash, and if you have a personal one, and, and if people do want to contact you, how how they should contact you?
1: Uh, well, my website address is www. You wouldn't have guessed that, right? Uh, <laughs> Search my trash one word, dot com. Now uh, there are there are contact details on the site. And also, if you find me on Facebook, just friend me or like, you know, like my my Facebook uh, Michael Haverfeld on the Writer site.
0: Excellent. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll point out on the searchmytrash.com site, mm-hmm. um, on the left-hand side, you can click on support this site.
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah. But
0: and that, that
1: doesn't happen a lot.
0: Well, I think when people have to realize your site is totally free. I mean, you do all this as a labor of love.
1: Yeah, yeah but I think I think people just, just assume everything on the web is free. I don't mind. I don't mind doing this for free. It's, firstly, I've done it for myself.
0: So. Well, I'm going to tell people that it's totally appropriate to support you. And you, you make it easy because you said, you know, if you're doing online shopping, use the links on your site. That way yeah. you get a little affiliate commission and buy your DVDs. You know, people can send you stuff and you make it so easy because you have a wish list. Oh, yeah, I love that too. They can go to like Amazon. Mm hmm. And which is kind of a cool thing. I don't people realize Amazon like has a thing you can set up of the wish list. So say your birthday is coming up. People can just go to that and say, oh, oh, he wants that. Okay, I'll buy that for him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Please do, everybody. So, you know, that's that's sometimes you just have to be really. Out there and, and specific with people because I think a lot of people do want to help and contribute. Oh. And they're saying, Oh, do you have a donation button on your yeah. side or a Patreon account? So, you know, I think yours is nice because it's a little more personal instead of just giving money. It's like, Oh, Michael wants this. And yeah. if, if you'll yeah, indulge yeah. me, I'm going to go so far as to bring up your Amazon wish list. Okay, cool. Oh, my goodness, this is very telling.
1: Yeah, no, probably,
0: it's yeah. Very revealing to see your list. Right off the bat, it's actually music CDs.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, there's some too, yeah.
0: And let's see, um, a Les Baxter CD, Brazil Now. <laughs> um, Oh, Ash versus Evil Dead, the complete first season DVD. Yes. What else do you have here? The Exotic Sounds of Arthur Lyman. It seems like you have a soft spot for those albums from the 60s, the Exotica instrumentals. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And especially, I mean, these Exotica albums, you don't get them in Austria that much, you know. My my musical um, taste is is vast, but especially the Exotica albums that oh, yeah, have never left the U.S., so.
0: Space-age pop jazz. Yeah, same thing. Oh, I love it! You like the Ventures Hawaii Five-O theme? Oh yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. All right, I'll just look at a couple more. We got to look at movies. Jess Franco, of course. So, you you want the book, "The World's yeah. Most Dangerous Filmmaker: Jess Franco" by Christopher Todd? That should be a fun read.
1: I think but I I'll... love
0: Jess Franco because he's he
1: like never. He never gave up, and he never, you know, subjected, submit, submitted to everything,
0: anything. I kind of like that. I'd never heard of this book, so this is educational for yeah, me. I'm, yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I might have to put that on my uh, mm-hmm. my wish list, too. Then you got, oh, some the Hellraiser collection, the Ninja collection. Oh okay, that's yeah. <laughs> let see let me see if there's any non-music or film thing here. Oh my god, you have the Ginger Dead Man on your <laughs> wish list. Oh I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and um, Showgirls, the fully exposed edition.
1: Yeah, I mean why not? I've I've never seen it
0: actually, but it's it's supposed to be You've never I, seen I, Showgirls? No, I didn't. You are in for a life-changing event. I know. That's why I want it. <laughs> it lives up to the hype. And again, I have to say I'm older than you, so I saw that when it first came out in the 90s and
1: Yeah, no, I mean I, you know, I was old enough back then I just, you know, didn't have the to...
0: Well, all I'll say is even back then I knew this had cult film potential. It oh, it was just shit. so over the top. I thought, "Wow." Yeah. And the critics were trashing and I knew that this had entertainment value. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, enough of that, but again, I I urge people give back to this community that has given you so much. You know, give give back to yes. to Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I won't even get, though, into this whole, you have a little naughtier section, too, that oh, you yeah, can yeah. contribute to. So, <laughs> we, we don't have to go into that. No. Although, although I, I don't see you currently have anything listed there, so.
1: I, I don't, know.
0: Maybe you had all those uh, urges satisfied already. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, one gets old. And what else do you have on your side? I'm looking on the left-hand side, so you have a book side of just books you recommend to people.
1: Yeah, uh, you know that that I set up 15 years ago, so I don't even know anymore what's on there.
0: Oh, you got John McCarty, and okay. um, and of course the classic, the Psychotronic Encyclopedia of Film. Well,
1: that's uh, that's a classic, yeah.
0: So, do you rely on film books a lot just to learn about old films?
1: I did. I did. Now, now, not that much anymore, because I've read them all, probably. No, but, but, but you know, back in the day when, when not everything was that available to you, you had to get your, your knowledge from somewhere, especially in the pre-internet days.
0: Well, this begs the question, will you ever compile some of your reviews and interviews from your site into a book? I I might, I don't know, I might. What's stopping you?
1: Uh, well, first it's like a whole lot of work. Yeah. And I mean, I already have to work with my with my website, so uh, I'd really have to set set aside some time to to commit to it. And it would
0: just be volumes and volumes of books.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, and I. Then- I the would like thing to read that books
1: is they you know and nowadays my my site always stays stays on top of things books age
0: yes, well, all I'll say is i know I know you're very busy I for one would would buy a volume of your reviews and really? or interviews. that would be a yeah. really cool thing
1: oh yeah no it, it might happen someday, but it's, it's really really a question of time, I think.
0: More well, it's basic. A... It's basically your life's work. Oh, that's true. That's true. They should, you know, have this in in the um, Austrian Library of Congress. Well,
1: who knows? Maybe, maybe that's going to
0: happen someday. I mean, they have to realize. I think. I think the Austrian government needs to realize you're making a substantial contribution to film.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you know. In Austria, everything's a little bit different. So,
0: do you have to like bribe people a lot? Huh? Do you have to bribe people?
1: Uh, well, I never do. But, you know,
0: like to get time. an a, like to get an appointment for, at the doctor. Do you have to like bribe to get higher oh, no, up on the no, list? Oh no, no, it's not like
1: that. No. So
0: it's not like a corruption government kind of thing.
1: Yeah, no, no, it's not that. But it's, you know, in Austria, you know, uh, uh, current culture. Doesn't really have the same status as like like musicians like Mozart or something. So,
0: so that's just it. Well, everything runs its course, you know. Exactly. Why don't you write a script for a really trashy Mozart exploitation film?
1: You yeah, know, that's another thing that might happen someday.
0: <laughs> you never know. Yeah. And, and again, you're still young. Who knows where your career will go from this point? Exactly. What if suddenly you became a really in-demand Hollywood screenwriter and you didn't have time to do research my trash anymore? Which would you choose?
1: Uh, well, I would choose the screenwriter, but it's you know you can you can always do a little bit of search my trash. I can write pretty fast, so.
0: Would you ever trust other people? to take over and do some of the writing for yeah, you on your website probably not so probably that not. has to be you this is i'd rather
1: keep it to myself i mean i i in the past i had some people who did some reviews and stuff but it wasn't really
0: right because the, the site is was you a thought yeah it's you
1: because yeah no and i mean i like to I, I like to watch these movies you know it's it's like i i don't need need help with that that's the fun part of it is watching the movies not filling the uh filling the side up you know
0: mhm so well i've got a few more questions how about
1: five, okay, I'm, uh, five more questions I'm a short
0: on time because i'm uh, my food delivery is coming soon so see if it's not your phone ringing yeah. It's your food delivery yeah. okay, then we'll do five questions instead of fifteen, I'll do five uh, okay. By the way, what's your food delivery Are you, is it like a vegan macrobiotic special food or
1: oh, it's just gonna be a pizza.
0: oh, just pizza delivery. Here yeah. I thought you had some some oh. organic grocery no, delivery. No, 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 no. so so, what do you get on your pizza?
1: It's It's, I think, ham and peppers.
0: Okay, that was your first question. See how quick and easy that was? Yeah, yeah, perfect. Very telling. But I would have expected Vienna sausage.
1: Yeah, no, they don't have it. there.
0: And what kind of peppers? Like red bell pepper, green pepper? Green pepper. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Very, Mm -hmm. very acidic, but tasty. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number two... Your best memory of being on the set with Lynn Lowry? Best memory? Uh, well, probably when she killed me. Oh, so you were an actor with her in a scene. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. In the two movies. In Ready for My Close-Up and... Uh, I don't know, what's it called. It's to die for.
0: How did she kill you?
1: Uh, she, uh, uh, she tore out my Adam's apple.
0: And did you have a prosthetic and a special effect? Uh, We had a special effect, yeah. Okay. Question number three. Is it customary in Austria to tip pizza delivery people? And if so, how much will you tip them?
1: Oh, not necessarily delivery people.
0: You don't tip the pizza guy in Austria? Uh...
1: No, not really because now now we can't do uh, we can't do cash anymore. So
0: Well, you can do it when you order. Can't you just add 20% onto the bill? Oh,
1: 20% is much too much for Austria. <sighs> and is it 10%? It's...
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. Can you do it like after the fact on your phone app if it was a good timely delivery?
1: I'd have to look it up.
0: And if they're really quirky, would you consider Casting the the pizza guy in one of your films? Uh, well, maybe. <laughs> would, would that be uncomfortable at the end of the transaction to say, "Hey, by the way, I make films. I, I think you'd be a natural. Would you? Would if you like to audition? He or, or she is really good. I wouldn't have any. I wouldn't
1: have any any reservations, but it's, I haven't I haven't met one yet.
0: Or is that just not Austrian to put people on the spot like that?
1: Oh, no, no, I would would do it. I don't know if it's Austrian.
0: So we wouldn't go outside of the country's comfort zone. Maybe. (laughs) Okay, two questions left. Yeah, whoops, that's my food, sorry. All right.
1: But I'll, I'll stay on.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll entertain our listeners since it won't be the first time during this interview I've gone solo on it. So, hmm, he's getting the pizza. Green peppers. I can't remember what the other one was. Bacon? Is that Canadian bacon or ham? I wonder what it smells like. Does pizza smell different in Vienna than it would in... um? Another country or another city. Hmm. And when he comes back, was it a guy or a girl? And were either of them worthy of an audition for Michael's next comedy horror zombie film? Hmm. We'll see. Also, what will he drink with the pizza? Will it maybe be... um? Uh, uh, an an Amstel light beer.
1: All right. Maybe I'm a back.
0: Heidelberg. Okay, are you back? Yes. So you got the pizza and a beer. Are you drinking beer with it?
1: Uh, I'll pour myself some. Yes.
0: So what kind of beer are you pouring?
1: Well, it's just an Austrian
0: beer. Oh, what's it called?
1: It's called Eggermairz. Is it good? Yeah. I mean, reasonably
0: good. It's cheap. Well, I'll have to see if they sell it in America.
1: Yeah, they might.
0: Is Austria like Germany? Like you have really good beer there?
1: Oh, we always say it, yeah. No, do I mean, you... we, we, we like our beer, so.
0: Does Austria celebrate Oktoberfest?
1: Uh, yes.
0: Is that a big not tourist as, thing? Not
1: as religiously as Germany, but we do.
0: Has there ever been a horror film built around an Oktoberfest celebration? Uh, not
1: to my knowledge. There might be, and that would be a good idea.
0: Okay. By the way, these are just bonus questions. I'm going oh, to wait okay. until you get settled with your pizza and your beer, and you're back at the mic, and then I'm going to do the final two questions.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, um, right, right. Right.
0: Okay. And again. This is still a bonus. Was it a man or a woman who delivered the pizza? Uh,
1: I think it was a man, but he he was like really masked and everything, so I couldn't really tell for 100% sure.
0: Did you send? He had a
1: high voice, though.
0: Well, did this person have star quality? No. (laughs) Did they have presence?
1: No, but again, he or she was masked,
0: so. But a real star that star quality would just emanate from behind the mask. You would feel uh, okay. it.
1: Then no star quality, no.
0: <laughs> OK. <laughs> All right. Questions.
1: Wait, will so, be right back.
0: OK. So he's going back to get um, either a napkin or a paper towel. I would imagine a cloth napkin, because they wouldn't be as wasteful in Austria. They would actually have a paper napkin that they would wash later. Unlike disposable America, we would probably have, you know, a pile of paper towels per pizza slice. What else is he doing in his small flat? It's probably a very older historic building, maybe hardwood floors, maybe area rugs. I'm not sure. We'll find out when he comes back. Let's see. He probably. uh, All right. Okay. okay. So do you have hardwood floors in your apartment? Sorry? Do you have hardwood floors in your apartment?
1: Oh yes.
0: Do you have area rugs? What? Do you have rugs on the on the hardwood floor? No. So it's just all hardwood floor and furniture well, on
1: it's, top. It's part hardwood floor and part of, uh carpetry.
0: Is it an old historical building? No.
1: No.
0: Do you do you have plants in your apartment? One. So when you look out the window, what do you see from your window?
1: Well, the the house across the street. It's not really, not really a nice view. So you
0: you you can't see the, the Vienna Opera House from your window.
1: No, no, it's it's not really in the vicinity. Well, I mean, okay. it it would be a half hour walk. So.
0: Okay. Well, let's talk more about this Oktoberfest horror film. Mm-hmm, okay. So if you wrote a, a, a horror comedy about Oktoberfest in Vienna, mm-hmm. um, how, how would you um, have the killer kill everyone? What would be some really clever, uniquely Austrian ways to kill people in mm-hmm. this slasher comedy? Well, of course, one would you have to be drowning in a pitcher of beer, that would be well, obvious.
1: that would be nice, yeah, I mean you know may, maybe 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 uh, you could like poison the beer or, or or put something inside the beer that makes the drinker want more and more and more till they drown themselves.
0: Oh, I like that, so they just drink mm-hmm. themselves yeah. to death, mm-hmm. How about choking them with a giant pretzel? That's
1: a nice one too, yeah.
0: Yeah. Or like back in the kitchen, you know, they're running out of the um, sausages. So they have to go back to the freezer and Mm. somebody could beat someone to death with a frozen sausage.
1: Yeah, yeah, we could do that.
0: See, this movie is just writing itself. Exactly. All right, moving on. So, you know, we've talked about a lot of fun stuff, your website, your screenwriting, your beautiful hometown. Um, I just want to give you a chance, you know, to have some final words and just to say, especially, you know, you working on this site, this labor of love, giving so much to so many people, you know, giving attention to work that may not get a lot of attention without you you know i just want you to share with people you know what you've gotten this and what keeps you still doing it after all these years
1: what i've come out of doing it uh i think uh it's just you know a much bigger scope than you would have with uh, just watching hollywood movies and I think that's something that's really rewarding to to see uh, also the what can come out of you know ch- just just your imagination. And that's that's has stage stayed with this whole site for forever now. and yeah. so so I think my my fascination for all this is like really still as big as, as it was in the first days. So that's what keeps me going.
0: Do you think you'll do the website for the rest of your life?
1: I, I, I would think so, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't know what would stop me, you
0: know. So you think, uh, how long will it take you to get up to 20,000 reviews?
1: Probably another 15 years. Uh, oh
0: my goodness hmm. what, what will i mean can you even imagine what's with all the covid and changes that society seems to be making now hmm. what do you think filmmaking will be like in 15 years
1: how ah, that's that's a good question because i have no idea what it might be like i mean i uh, now, first, I hope, you know, things will get to get back to normal. But, but what I always think, like maybe in 15 years, somebody makes a movie about COVID and gets all the details wrong. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I should make that movie.
0: Yeah. Well, as you progress in your filmmaking, you've exactly. gone from screenwriter, added producer. Do you ever want to direct your work?
1: I'd love to give it a shot one day, but you know I don't know if it's if 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 I'd be really good at it or if it would just be a vanity project so mm-hmm. so i at the moment i have no 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 concrete intention to do that. I'm just really really happy writing that's what's what I think my main passion is, and yeah. Everything else that needs to be done needs to be done, but mm-hmm. but writing is my real passion. Yeah, I mean, you know, as a vanity thing, I'd love to direct one day, but mm-hmm. if it's the best ideas, on another, it's on another page.
0: Well, since you're both a filmmaker and a film reviewer, give some words of advice to aspiring filmmakers and just some specific things on what, what are the most important things that these new filmmakers should do to make their films more enjoyable.
1: Uh, first of all, I think that's, that's uh, the most important thing is, I think, r- make a movie that you can afford to make, you know? if you can't afford anything uh, don't try to make a superhero movie because it, it's going to look shit but if you if you like like my first movie was three three people sitting around a table basically a killer conversation that you can afford you know and also don't pack too many special effects in your movies if you don't have good effects people Uh, then another thing is sound, see that the sound is good. Uh, music, get some, get some cool music. First of all, get a musician that, that really can play various styles and don't just, don't just fill the soundtrack up with with your favorite rock bands, even if they, even if they, uh, don't fit the, fit the mood of the movie at all. Those are just the things. From the top of my head that I can say, and I could probably think of about one thousand more once we ended
0: this interview. Of course. Of course. Just have to All go right. Any time, because you know, now that I know a little more about you, boy, will I have some questions ready cool. for you. Cool. <laughs> and last but not least, what is the scandalous secret you're hiding about the mannequin movie?
1: Um. As I said, I can't tell you that because
0: i It's because I've, I've
1: I've 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 signed a non-disclosure, so. Okay. So I'm really...
0: I'm 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 teasing you and putting you on the spot.
1: you we, we will
0: wait patiently for the mannequin. Movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it, would I would love to talk about this, but in this case, I really can't. Mustn't. You know. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be great when it comes out. It's gonna be it's gonna look so good. If you see the location, it's gonna be stunning. But I can't give away any more.
0: I have very very high hopes. I've got a good feeling for that movie.
1: Me too. Me too. And it was well, then, it was a fun shoot. So that I can tell you.
0: Well, the next time I talk to you, I hope that you're getting more recognition from the Austrian government.
1: Well, let's hope for that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, his name is Michael Haberfellner. He is the creator of the amazing site Research My Trash. He's a screenwriter, he's a producer, he is very loyal, I can tell, because he's, he's very tight lipped on the mannequin film project. So <laughs> you know that you can trust this man. And I really thank you for all that you've done for independent filmmakers
1: you're ever so welcome of course. no i i really enjoy doing this so so it's it's just awesome too.